News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. It's the time of year to take stock, and your finances are the best place to start. It impacts everything else, and you need to be honest about where you stand before making grand plans for the year. But frankly, it's not always totally within our control. Sometimes the dice rolls in your favour and sometimes there are clouds on the horizon that you can only try to shelter from. So what's the good, bad and ugly for our financial 2018? Should we be bracing for impact or getting ready to make hay while the sun shines? News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by two of my Herald colleagues, Liam Dan, who is the Herald's business editor at large, and Tamsin Parker, who's the Herald's money editor. So we've just wrapped up 2017, heading off into 2018, which strikes me as a good time to bring out the crystal ball. Now, um, we'll just put a disclaimer right up front. Anything can happen. This time last year, John Key had only just resigned. So this discussion is well-educated guesses from people who have good information and spend their lives watching this stuff. But unfortunately, we are not actual psychics. So let's start with the positives. Liam, what are you expecting to happen this year and what could be good for people's back pockets? The good things, yeah, sure. Well, look, basically, if the economy just keeps rolling, we might start to see some people's wages go up. I think that's probably the the, the biggest hope. There's this um, idea that inflation has been missing in action. Unemployment uh, has actually been coming down around the world. It's pretty low by uh, historical standards in New Zealand. But we haven't seen that reflected in wage rises yet. So economists are looking and watching and hoping, I think, because we need some inflation in the economy, that, that uh, we'll see wages start to come up. And, of course, that's you know good news for people's back pockets, I guess. Mm, Tamsin, what about you? Along the same lines, really. I mean, we already know that there's going to be a, a, a rise for minimum wage earners. The government's already signalled that the minimum wage is going to head up from current level of 1575 to 1650 by April next year and obviously you know there's hope that it will spread out from there to other workers and uh, obviously they signal that it's going to continue to rise to $20 an hour by 2021 and those pay rises have really been missing a lot from the workforce in recent years so there'll be a lot of people hoping to actually get one next year I'm sure um, obviously we don't know that that's definitely going to happen but uh, signs are you know tighter labour market and if there's a bit of a clamp down on migration that, you know, employers are going to have to pay more to get people to come work for them, right? Yeah, we mm. saw um, uh, there was an employer's survey out uh, uh, recently where they where they where it showed that they were, you know, across the board, all, all the industries, they were um, struggling to recruit um, and were relying on immigrant labour. And, I mean, they didn't make this point, but a few people uh, did make the point to me, well, you know, they could pay some more money. And that is uh, something that they may have to do in the next year. Well, yes, I was going to say, Liam, with this wage rise on the horizon, there's been talk that that could mean less people being employed. Do you buy that theory? Well, at the moment, the economy is actually bumping up against capacity, which means that so there's these recruitment issues. So, um, you know, of all the times for this to happen, uh, you know, that, that whether or not you're ideologically for or against governments uh, intervening in uh, in the whole wage process, I think uh, in terms of the timing, it's pretty good because globally uh, the wage inflation is missing in action 
And so uh, if you're going to do it, uh, why not do it now? It's effectively, uh, you know, if you, if you could be sympathetic and say, even from a sort of a, a, a traditional neoliberal type perspective and say, well, this is stimulus. You know, they're choosing to stimulate the economy here. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's... Um, uh, I don't think it's going to uh, cause greater unemployment, put it that way. Excellent. Well, that's certainly good news to start off with. So let's move off into the bad news because I can never stop myself. Yeah, it's much much more fun, the bad news. Yes, exactly. We'll predict some doomsday scenarios. Tamsin, what do you think? Are there any clouds on the horizon and how should people prepare for them? Well, I guess the big question is whether our home loan rates are going to heat up next year. Uh, there was a lot of expectation at the beginning of this year that rates were going to shoot up. Um, they haven't really done so. They've been There's been some slow, you know, some little hikes here and there. Floating rates have gone up a bit more than fixed rates. Um, you know, as expectations are that, you know, inflation maybe will come back and there might be some some increase in the official cash rate sometime next year. But so far, there hasn't been any big jumps. But there is some anticipation that some people that fixed their home loans back in sort of 2015, 2016, when the rates were really ultra low, lowest they've ever been, that they will now face a jump up. And uh, you know, other people will also be facing maybe little, little increases. Uh, the other side of it is that we're expecting higher premiums for insurance. Insurance. Uh, that's because there's there was a whole raft of new levies that came into force um, that'll come into force next year on the the emergency services side, and that's going to increase uh, policy costs from that side of it. So regardless of what insurers are doing themselves, they're, they're going to feed through that uh, that cost increase to consumers. Uh, yeah, those are probably the main things that we um, we might face on the bad news front. Yeah, yeah what do you think on that um, point? Do you think there's a lot of talk of cycles of interest rates? Do you think we're heading for an up cycle on interest rates? And should people be hurriedly paying off as much of the mortgage as they can? The, all the indications are, in the last few days I've been talking to people about where mortgage rates are headed and the indications are that they are going to be heading upwards in the next couple of years. So I guess the key thing is to look at you know, how much um, debt you have and whether that's going to be serviceable at a higher, a higher interest rate. Uh, all the banks are stress testing, which is where they kind of look at what you can afford at around 7 or 8%, which is you know, quite, quite a bit higher than the current Rates, so the current rates are around you know that four or five percent level, so they are testing people to see whether they can afford it at a higher rate. But obviously, you know, it's sort of dependent on your personal circumstances as well, right? You know, how much you spend on everything in your life when you whether you have kids that you know suck more money out the door <laughs> as well. Um, you know, so I think people should be very careful when it comes to thinking about borrowing more at the moment, given you know the. The trend looks like it is up from here, and we are—you have to remember—we are coming off record lows. So, you know, if you've borrowed a lot in these kind of good times, then maybe now's not the good time to be. Maybe now's not the right time to be going back and borrowing more. Mm. Right, and Lee, I'm sorry I cut you off before right. there. What do you think? Is there any bad news that you're bracing for? Well, I mean, I think it's it's that question around, um, you know. Interest rates, but 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 at the at the root of that is inflation, and inflation is the big question uh, mark for economists next year. So the, the, you're talking about a cycle there. Well, we're overdue for a change in the cycle, and we've we've been you know up to about the third or fourth time that we've uh, predicted that interest rates must be going to rise, and every time they they come back because the inflation isn't there now. Historically, 
it, it makes sense to think that they must must be going to start to move next year. But is inflation going to come back? So we talked about uh, wage inflation and jobs. But the flip side of that is, um, you know, consumer price inflation and what would drive that. Um, it, you know, it's all happening in the states and Europe. Really, that's where the change is likely to happen and affect us. But something like oil, for example, if the prices came right back up, oil prices came back up to eighty dollars a barrel US. Something like that. That would help drive inflation. Um, if that comes back, then we do start to see the cycle turn. We see the US Fed putting up rates, and that that flows through to um, equity markets. And you know that's that's a big one. That's if you're looking for a negative, uh, a stock market crashes is is the one that uh, everyone loves the most, and we make Hollywood movies about and all the rest of it. Um, so you know that could happen. Just and 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 fund managers and people I talk to around town are nervous because. We are into sort of the eighth and eighth year or so, eighth and ninth year of a stock market bull run, and um, that historically is due to end. It, it, there's no good reason for it to end, particularly unless we see interest rates rise a lot, which would mean that um, people would start taking their money out of stocks and putting them into in, into uh, bank deposits and things. And the risk is that everyone decides to do that at once. I guess is the is the is the problem there. So if it turns faster than people expect, then you get a problem. Right, because, yeah, the stock market, like you say, it's had a dream run uh, for a very long time. I mean, surely that has to end at some point, and it's just really how bad the come down is. Yeah, and the timing. I mean, we can all, like, the, everyone around the GFC, there were so many people saying, oh, you know, I picked the GFC, uh, or or how come the commentators didn't pick the GFC? This time around, everybody's saying that uh, it's got to turn, there's going to be a crash. You've only got to look through financial pages to see... Uh, someone predicting a, an equities crash almost every day, uh, it's not very helpful. I mean, unless you know it's going to crash next Thursday or something, you're not going to make a lot of money. Um, we just know that uh, it feels like we're probably closer to the end of the bull run than the start. Um, what will be the trigger? Well, the trigger for crashes is um, can be something uh, quite obscure. It's just when the market's... Um, ready uh and and you know maybe we've seen those interest rates start to rise the market's overvalued at that point something from left field will come and uh, it'll all go yes well this is exactly as we said at the beginning isn't it? this is the problem with trying to play psychics and anyone who claims they actually can tell with certainty i would be very cautious of them um okay so we've kind of touched on housing a little bit through this talk of interest rates um but i think we can't have a discussion like this and not talk housing explicitly. We're all a little bit obsessed with it. Um, so, Liam, what are you expecting in the housing market? How will that impact first home buyers versus those who are already homeowners? Yeah, I guess um, what we're all hoping is that it's a, it's a sort of a, a steady stabilisation, maybe mild decline, more opportunity, more affordability for first home buyers without um you know without crashing the value for people who are up to their necks already in a mortgage um that'd be the sweet spot and it, it, it amazingly it is kind of in that space at the moment i'm sure it isn't um calming down fast enough for for, for many first home buyers or those looking but um a lot of the economists, the bank economists are predicting that we'll see it stay stable, maybe continue to fall another percent or two um next year and and that could be uh, exaggerated in some of the Auckland suburbs that have seen a lot of growth. So there might start to be more opportunity there. There's some big variables, of course, and, and you know immigration and what the government does there is a big one, and how many houses uh, they're able to build uh, to help the supply side. That's going to be a big factor as well. 
Mm, lots to watch there. All right, Tamsin, what do you think? Which side of the housing coin will be celebrating this year? Well, I guess what we do have coming from January is the loosening of these loan-to-value ratios, which, you know, while not being massive changes, are expected to help those first-home buyers a little bit. So the um, the banks are now going to be able to lend up to 15% of their book to uh, to those with a deposit of less than 20%. Which is isn't a great change, but it will help a little bit. It will help a few more first home buyers get on the property ladder. I think. Uh, on the other side, the investor side has been loosened a little bit as well, but not so much. Uh, a lot of the people I talk to say the real issue for first home buyers is around saving that twenty percent deposit, and a lot of them would like to see that brought down. And and it's hard to know. It's hard to know whether that's going to happen. Whether the banks are going to um, loosen up their sort of criterias in relation to this to loan to value change. And obviously, um, it's kind of steady as we go. The Reserve Bank's going to keep an eye on how it all goes, and uh, if it looks like it's okay, there may be further loosening, which which could you know which could prove more helpful to first home buyers. Again, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's something that Tamsin's actually done some work on, but that that everyone focuses on the Reserve Bank and the LVRs. But in actual fact, uh, you know what it comes down to in the end is whether the banks are prepared to lend the money because that's who you're going to and uh, and begging to get the loan from. So if they um, if they're not feeling confident out of Australia, then uh, you know the Reserve Bank can loosen up all at once, but um, uh, the lending won't necessarily increase that much. Interesting. There's so many factors at play here. Well, thank you so much. That's Liam Dan and Tamsin Parker, two of my very knowledgeable colleagues. Of course, this time next year, I guess we'll see how right you both were. If you have a question about this podcast or something you want me to look into for a future episode, do come and talk to me about it. You can find me on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist and Twitter at Francis Cook. Don't forget to subscribe to Cooking the Books on the Apple Podcasts app or iHeartRadio. And until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB.